Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the main event. You're back again with me, Daniel. And Aaron. Aaron, we're reaching the halfway mark. We're at Group D now. Um, so we've had and released the first three groups podcasts now. Starting to get into the flow of things. Lots of players on my radar for sure now that I hadn't really considered before doing this. So hopefully we've helped everyone listening. Um, feel free to let us know how good or bad we are doing. Uh, we take criticism quite well. All uh, we're doing is reading out facts. Yeah, just facts. And <laughs> opinion. But um, we've got, for me, maybe the most exciting group. There are two groups that are a bit tasty for me, and this is certainly, certainly one of them. Not necessarily from, you know, a fantasy perspective, but just from the games. I cannot wait for this group at all. Especially how um, me and you this season, outside of the English, well, for me, outside of the English teams, you wouldn't anyway, um, are supporting Atlanta. Uh, so, Guatalanta, just for the way they play, for our boy Joseph Ilicic giving us that 48 point haul last year, forever in your debt. Um, currently injured, but never mind, we'll get on to that later, or lack in fitness at least. Uh, the first team of this group is Ajax. So, um, Ajax have had a bit of a butchering, um, sort of since the summer, really, with them, um, Ziek going to Chelsea, Van der Beek going to Man United, Serginho Des going to Barcelona, Veltman at centre-back, I think went to Southampton, or Brighton, he went to Brighton, sorry, um, was the right coast. And Babel, who didn't have a bad season at all last year, he went, uh, he's went back from the loan. They brought in a Brazilian winger, Anthony. They've also brought in David Klassen, he's a real genuine now, uh, in centre midfield, signed a new young player called uh, Kudus, central attack midfield, and they've got another few players. Stecklenburg from Everton, but they're not really that important um, to this game because they just haven't been playing. They're an excellent form, as you'd like think, winning all their games. I still think they're fifth in the average of Issy, but um, they just haven't played as many games. Um, oh, sorry, they've lost. Sorry. My bad. They've lost the last game. They lost the last game 1-0. Just uh, misread that there. They seem to be pretty fixed on their team with who they're playing generally, which is nice for us to sort of try and anticipate. Onana's the goalkeeper. Mazru's the right back. Scherz and Blind play centre-back. They've swapped a little bit for the centre-back, uh, the left-back, Tagliafico, because he got sent off in the first game. So Martinez came in, got a goal and then got hooked straight away right back out for uh, Tagliafico again. Um, Tagliafico, a bit of a hero for us last year. At the beginning, wasn't he, Aaron? Yeah, so he was like my go-to left-back. And when we started talking about it, I was like, you need to go Tagliafico. It's very first needed... player that was signed, I think. It was cheap and didn't he get 18 points first game or something? Yeah, he scored, um, got an assist and clean So sheet. we will never disrespect Tagliafico. Yeah, class. Wonderful tag if you go. Uh, in midfield, again, fairly um, fairly consistent. Alvarez, Promes, and then they've sort of swapped between Kudus and Gravenberch, but Kudus did get injured. It's been out since the 2nd of October, so I imagine Kudus would be the starting central midfielder. There's no return date yet, so if he's not in, it'll probably be Gravenberch. And then up front, it's Anthony and Tadic, either side of Labiad up front. They are consistent with a 4-3-3. That's how they play. Um, as far as goals go, uh, these boys are sharing them out. I don't know if anyone scored more than one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony. Anthony scored more than one. Just having a look there. He's a 6 million forward. He's playing on the right wing, so it's up to you whether you want a right winger as a forward for a start. But I think it's 6 million if you are looking to go for certain price points. And you need a like a low priced forward. I think Anthony is a fantastic shout. Like I say, new signing, so he's going to get minutes, two goals in his last four games, and he might facilitate others around you. Um, Labiad, however, at six million, is an out of position midfielder. So he's been playing striker, 
but he's actually a midfielder on the game at six million. So, you know, we've been talking before on previous podcasts about how you've got like certain players that are six million and we're not entirely sure how they've got that price point. And you've got holding midfielders. If like, did we say Kante is five and a half? Yeah. So obviously we haven't done Chelsea yet, but Kante is five and a half. So would you rather Kante or pay the extra half a million to have a striker, but counting as a midfielder? It's something to think about. Um, and also to keep a clean sheet. <laughs> You'll get a clean sheet point uh, for playing up front. Doesn't make any sense. Obviously, Tadic is their most well-known player. Uh, two goals and one assist. No, sorry, one goal and two assists in the last four games. He's pricey. I, 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 it's up to, obviously up to you price point-wise if it's right for you. I don't think it's right for me. Um, and I'm pretty confident he's a forward on the game this year as well, which is a no from me. I'd rather go for Anthony between the two, being considerably cheaper playing the same position. And currently, if you are looking at if you're looking at how they'd match up against each other, there's like barely any difference. Mm. So I'd probably I'd probably go with Anthony between the two. But yeah, those are the main positions that I'd seen. And there's one other little gem as well. And that is Alvarez. So Alvarez is a four and a half million defender who has played the last four games in midfield. So Ajax have two out of position players. They've got Labiad, a six million midfielder who's playing up front, and Alvarez, a four and a half million defender playing in midfield. Um, the these are players that I'm seriously looking at mm-hmm. because they facilitate everything else. And if you're looking to bring in, like, have a punt, that's the type of, they're the type of punts that you want. People playing a wildly out of position. Now, that doesn't mean it always works. I had um, Marcus Urente last year, and he played better in midfield. Um, sometimes, you know, I think FPL got sucked into a little bit this year with Burke for Sheffield United playing up front. And people like, he's a four and a half million pound midfielder. He's playing up front. Get him in. But is a four and a half million pound midfielder likely to do well as a forward or is it just still you know two points or whatever um like we say this game works differently where you kind of don't want any dead weight in your team but this kid's proved he can't score he's i know it's only one and four but it's still a goal and he can still be a threat playing up front and in this group this is this group is right for the pickings when it comes to forward players because I'm not confident a single one of these teams can defend, not one of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you want a £6 million midfielder that's in an offensive position with creative players around them that can exploit weak defences, like that's the difference for me. And Ajax is still a capable attacking team. It's not like a... They're not, not a a team that struggle to make chances and they're not in a group where they're going to need some really smart center forward play to work their way around like a low block. They're playing against a Liverpool defense who play in the opponent's half and Atalanta defense who almost like conceding goals. So they can see the challenge of being forced (laughs) to score four or five. And Michelin to, or like okay, like I don't think they're going to come out and play, like, and that might be the trap. Actually, you know, you might go, oh, Michelin, get them in on that. Like, you might have more joy playing your forwards against Liverpool and Atalanta, even though they're the two clear favourites for the group. Yeah, it's true. Ajax. I mean, they they're used to getting selling all their best players and then producing a team that's just as good. And they've been doing it for so long. So yeah. it's this is one of them teams where there's going to be a hidden gem and it's just about jumping on that player first before I everyone agree. else jumps I feel on more comfortable that Klassen hasn't been playing because he's not a good footballer. Um, the quality of player that they've lost is a little troubling. Like 
Zayek or Ziek, um Van der Beek, criminal lad. He's not starting for Manchester United. He's like, I think he's played 16 minutes this season and been their best player. Yeah. And then Serginho Dest, obviously such a good upcoming yeah. right back, but it's not a big problem. That I think Masru looks like he's slotted in quite comfortably. He's got himself an assist already. He might be worth looking at, but I just think it was for price point. It's probably a no-brainer to be going with out-of-position, low-cost players. Yeah, I agree. agree. Atlanta, Aaron, our Italian correspondent at the Gazetta. (laughs) So so people know Atlanta from last year. Their, Their mentality is attack, attack, attack. We're going to outscore you. That is the way that they basically win. Um, well, that, that was a Michael Owen quote there. You have to score the opposition, you'll win. Oh, I love Michael Owen quotes. Keep um, them coming, Aaron. Yeah. It makes you sound more professional when you speak nonsense. <laughs> so their whole team, even their defenders, are only there to attack. So I wouldn't get any of their defenders in in the hopes that they'll keep clean sheets. Just don't. Just don't even be cute. If you've if you have to choose between Jim City and Hatterboy, just don't. They're both the same <laughs> price. Don't select Jim City. We had a win, right? We had a win. To be fair, yeah, we had a whirlwind of a ride for those last few games. To be fair, game. that if he had stayed on the pitch for one more minute, that yeah. gamble would have paid off massively. Fifty-nine minutes or whatever it was. A three-point-nine oh. million defender getting a clean sheet and then getting subbed off that would have, yeah that would have been unreal but um anyways the number one player for them right now is Alejandro Gomez he is unbelievable like i've been a massive fan of his for a while and i'm just happy that other people are now seeing how good he is cuz he's not a young player but he is one of the best on the ball and he's just all over the pitch like he's just everywhere his fitness levels are unbelievable and in his last three games because that's all they've played he scored four goals and two assists so (laughs) get him in i mean he's phenomenal criminally criminally he's a forward this year which yeah has driven me insane I've got issues with this. I've been I've been raging looking at it because it's totally messed up my team. He's not a forward. In no way is he a forward. But I mean he did play there in the reset when Ilicic stopped playing. It was him and Zapata up front, but Gomez was more of a winger anyways. He wasn't a striker. And Pasalic was the other winger. It, so it doesn't make sense that they've looked at Gomez and said you're a forward, but then looked at Salah and Mane and said you're a yeah. midfielder. Exactly what I was thinking. I don't understand at all. And then even like we look at Ajax, like that Anthony kid, he's a right winger. He plays in the, he plays a less of a forward position than Salah do, and Mane do. So I don't understand like what the bias Salah, is. Salah plays further forward. Than Firmino, Firmino? <laughs> like, yeah. Anyways, we'll get a Liverpool next, and so Gomez, he is someone that if you are gonna, if you need to free up funds in your forward spots, Gomez is someone who you need to get in. They play Michelin first. There you go. Enough said. He's already in mine without hesitation. You've got Luis Muriel, two goals and an assist so far. He was a super sub last year, but I think now that he's spent a year with the Atalanta tactics, he, he, I think he's he's been starting up front with Zapata uh, most games. And so he didn't play against Lazio, but I think that is more so because it's a title rival rather than just Muriel not being good. Anyways, Muriel yeah. came on in the 82nd minute. And so he's going to play. He is cheaper than the rest of the forwards. Um, 
he's actually the same price as Gomez. So if you had to choose between the two, choose Gomez. Yeah. Ilicic hasn't played at all since restart. Well, he played in the Champions League um, when he got us the 48 points, but that was before the lockdown. Yeah. Don't fall into the trap of getting him for 9 million. He hasn't played yet. We got him for six or something last year, didn't we? It was something really low. He was 6.5 last year. What a player. So just don't get him yet. Um, Gosens and Hatterbauer, they're players who you need to get in. If you need a, a defender who isn't above 6 million, who can get you an attack in return, a potential attack in return every game, you need to get them in your team. Gosens has a goal and two assists so far this season. And Hatterbauer has two goals. Hatterbauer is 5 million and Gosens is 5.5. So just, yeah, like you just need to get them in. As a recommendation, I'd personally, I I don't think a lot of people will want to do double up on an Atlanta defence. I I wouldn't suggest that either. Um, So you're going to have to pick one or the other. For me, I've chosen Hatterbauer. Look, it can go wrong, obviously, but in my mind, there are two reasons. A, he's half a million cheaper. Half a million is precious in this game. But also, you get three points for an assist in six points for a goal for a defender. Hatterboa is more likely to score. So the way like Hatterboa gets in the box is like, is like a support striker. It's absolutely ridiculous, his positioning sometimes, whereas Gosens attacks the flank and will play balls in and he's got a really good, like, sort of long-range shot on him. Yeah. Hatterboa, for me, is more of a goal threat, so the upside's bigger. They're both, obviously, if they're both playing, they've got no competition because Castagne, at right wing back, got sold to Leicester and he wasn't even there starting right back anyway. Um, Diallo, the right winger, is went to Man United. So... The only yeah. the only threat that I see is that every game so far this season, Gosens has been substituted out around the 75th minute for their new young wing back Mojica. So and, and Atalanta don't learn like they don't play fantasy. The people, the coaches, they don't play fantasy. They just don't understand. Yeah. Every game so far. They've made a substitute, at least two substitutes before the 60th minute. So you do run the risk of them, your player only getting one point. You yeah. run that risk. But with being so attacking, it's kind of unlikely. But Gosens has been substituted every game so far for Mojica. Yeah, I mean, it might help if, um, if you get substituted. This happened... That it was that Jim City game last last year. It was Paris, yeah, Paris Saint Germain, wasn't it? Where you had Gorsons, I had Gorsons, uh-huh. and I had Jim City. Well, I had Jim City and Gorsons, and then Gorson. Obviously, they both got and but I, oh, and I had the goalkeeper as well, Sportiello, because he was like four million or something. Yeah, um, and what happened, as we all know, is. Jim City got subbed off before the 60th minute, so only got one point, then conceded two goals. So Gorsons kept the clean sheet. Because he got substituted off before Paris scored, so he kept yeah. the clean sheet. So yeah. it can work in your favour getting subbed off, but obviously when you're wanting someone for attack and returns. But I do feel like those wing-backs, I think Gorsons might be, you might even have sung as there, because I think the wing-backs are far more effective in the first hour like the last half an hour, I do see them tiring a bit. Um, just in terms, really quickly, in terms of forwards, Zapata's got two goals and two assists. Muriel's got two goals. Um, but Zapata is more expensive than Muriel. And if I'm going Gomez, Zapata or Muriel, because they're all forwards on the game, which is why it's stupid, because you're making us choose between the three, which is stupid. Um, I think Gomez is obviously the better shout. However, they've signed, if you're looking, and this is out of you know what we've got up to at the minute, the biggest punt of all. 
they've signed a, a striker called Lammers. Oh, sorry, he's an attacking midfielder um, called Lammers. He's a forward on the game at 5 million. So if you're looking to play a 3-5-2 and you want to pile loads of money into your midfield or you know have a good balance like that, Lammers came off the bench and his goal was absolutely quality. Did you see it, Aaron? Where he's like, uh-huh. he's looked to cut inside on his left. He's rolled the ball over his foot like he's playing in central midfield, flicked it round the defender and just put it so beautifully into the bottom corner. It was such a cultured finish and bit of play that he could come off the bench and do something because he came off the bench in that game and scored on a 5-2 win. That, especially if Atlanta are playing the first game, again, it's more of a risk for the second because you don't want to be putting them in if they're playing on a Wednesday. But if they're playing on a Tuesday and you need a little bit of money and you're thinking of, I'd need just a cheap striker. Go with Lamas. I've seen a lot of people go with an Ajax striker um, for five million. I cannot remember his name. Apologies to that striker. No disrespect. Um, I'll try and have a look. See the Ajax striker's name. He's not played a minute. I don't think this season. He's certainly not started a single game for Ajax. And and yet I've noticed that he is quite highly owned. Um, Ajax. Triore. So he's a five million forward, five percent owned. My recommendation is if you don't, if you're not interested in a triple up on Atlanta, swap Triori for this. If you need a five million budget player up front, go with Lamas. He might come off the bench. In in the moment he's came off the bench, he showed that he's got real quality, and he is a new sign in this season, so he might get more time. Um, don't be confused by Moranchuk coming in. That is not the player that we discussed um, in a previous podcast. Uh, we think it might be his brother. He was signed from Locomotive Moscow, but it's a different player. Kaldara's out with a knee injury. We don't know how long he's out for. Uh, so the back three look pretty, well, fairly set. I mean, there is a bit of changing around. Palomino, if you did want to go for a centre-back, would be the one for me. Uh, he got two assists in the last game from open play. Well, about but him, I, he's not even in the game. Is he not even in the game? He is in the game. game. He is. Is he not under Jay Luis? I think his name comes under Jay Luis and he's four and a half million. That makes it confusing. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, No, it's completely necessary. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah, so they've put Luis as his last name, which is actually his middle name. Yeah, that's stupid. Do you reckon? Do you reckon the people that operate the game are Juventus fans? I just, just don't like think they watch any other Atlanta. football. Like I think they were in a hurry, and did Atlanta very quickly. Yeah, I think the like Palomino's hidden. Gomez isn't in the right position. Um, that's the I, thing. No, like think... Ilicic, Ilicic plays as a striker when he plays, like when he's on. So Ilicic should have been the one who's a striker, not. Gomez. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Aaron, question from me for you. Pasalic, talk to me. Pasalic is, he- is, is now confirmed. He's a permanent signing. He's a someone that they did over the summer. And um, early bit of business. He was on loan from Chelsea, one of the millions who you probably didn't realise were owned by Chelsea. And he... He's solid in the fact that he starts most games. He did. He scored the goal against Paris Saint-Germain. He scored multiple goals since the restart, but then again, who in Atlanta hasn't? And for 7.5, he is quite solid. He has taken, I think, like one or two penalties once Gomez is off the field. Um, he's a good player and has the potential to also play out on the right if they play three up front. Yeah. I've got him in my draft at the minute, seven and a half. He's the, the more last attacking player just out of the centre mids. Like the rest of yeah. them are just a kind of 
fill in the spaces when the wing backs attack. So you've got Darun and stuff like that who just kind of sit back. But, um, but Malinowski yeah, is the I, main penalty taker. Who is Malinowski? Yeah, when he's on the field, he doesn't start much. Yeah, but gonna, whenever he's on, whenever he's on the field, he takes the penalties. He's only made one start this season. Malinowski yeah. um, got an assist in that game. He always only comes on as a sub. He's all, he plays every game, but he's he's a sub for Gomez because Gomez is. 35, I think. So whenever yeah. Gomez comes on, off, Malinowski comes on. That's a basic transfer, a basic substitute. Fair enough. Um, the only other player really is Sportiello. At four and a half million, the goalkeeper is cheaper than, I think, another goalkeeper for Atlanta. So he's he's played the... He played since the restart anyway, because I'm sure the other goalkeeper was injured. But he's also started these first three games of the season. So uh, don't be fooled by Atlanta's more expensive goalkeeper. He hasn't been starting. Sportiello, four and a half, who's the cheaper of the two, is the one that's been starting. He's you are incredibly injured. brave. Is he still injured? Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly brave. If you go in Atlanta. first minute. Because uh, he's, he's not great. Uh, Liverpool again we'll try and keep this one swift because we're know all about Liverpool um, not much transfer business but it has been effective Lovren's out uh, it's for the best really um, Simicass in at left back who may play may not play um, we've got a good friend of ours Alex who supports Liverpool's Liverpool season ticket holder um, gets across he's uh, from, from Norway to see Champions League games all the time. Absolute diehard fan. Um, so probably should talk to him about maybe their rotation risks. Thiago sent, I mean, we all know about Thiago, world-class. In Jota, fits into their system perfectly. High-pressing, youthful, great on the ball. Thiago and Manny have COVID. Um, Shakiri doesn't. He had flu-like symptoms, got tested positive, but then retested negative. So... Sticking with a negative, but he's still not very well. Um, they've had a mad start this season. Liverpool, they've played how many games have they played? They played eight games, I think. Seven of them have been competitive, and in those seven competitive games, they've had three seven twos. It's madness. Uh, they they've kept two clean sheets, um, one against ten man Chelsea, and they also kept a clean sheet in a Carabao Cup game against Arsenal. Uh, two of the seven twos were in Carabao Cup games against, or just League Cup games. I think they might just be called now um, against lower league opposition. Waste of time looking into them. The big games that we're looking at are a four three win to Leeds. Um, the 2-0 win at Chelsea, which I think, to be fair, the Labour 2 until the second half after the send and off, that really did change the game because Chelsea looked threatening. As, as in control as Liverpool looked in possession, they didn't look threatening and Chelsea did, ultimately. Um, the 3-1 win against Arsenal, which, again, a bit crazy because they played so well for so much of that game. And yet they're still probably lucky that they came away with a win because Lacazette will be kicking himself that he didn't get a hat-trick mm-hmm. in that game. It's mind-boggling that Arsenal didn't... Not because Arsenal played better than Liverpool. Liverpool were definitely the better team. But just that high line gets him into trouble. As proven, getting beat 7-2 off Aston Villa. Um, and it could have been 8, 9, 10s. It was some of the worst defending I've ever seen. And again, it's been a feature on this podcast before we've discussed is Trent Alexander-Arnold the best right back in the world. And we've consistently said, no, Kimmich is when playing right back is considerably better, but Alexander-Arnold is obviously a tremendous attacking asset in for his age. He's quality, but the kid can't defend yet because he's so young. Like I'm, it's really hard when you know he pulls off a world against Barcelona and he's he sets such high standards getting 
14 assists in a season and scoring worldy free kicks. And, you know, people are saying he's the best right back of the Premier League generation for Liverpool. So he's 20 or something. It's hard that you get lost in it to overly criticise or, or like or overly build him up and say that he's better than what he is. If he didn't, if he wasn't capable of his attacking returns, would people think he's the best right back in the world? Would people think he's in the top 10 best right backs in the world or the top 20? I, the answer is for me, clearly no. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Joe Gomez, uh, people have been big enough for a little while. I don't see it personally. I don't think he's got the positional awareness. You can tell he's, he used to be a fullback. It's rare that fullbacks make good centre-backs. It's usually the other way around. A centre-back can make a good fullback. Um and also Sergio like Ramos is probably the exception, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Maldini um, is I still well. think Sergio Ramos was a better right back than he was a centre back. Like if you look at that yeah. World Cup, he was unbelievable at right back. Like he's quality at centre back, but at right back, he's still probably better. I mean, um, you've got Maldini, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah, but Maldini's like the best defender, defender of all time. Ever. So he can do what he wants. Um but Maldini went centre back to left back to centre back. So he started as a centre-back yeah, in the back. He three. can just play defence. He could be a back four wants, by himself. If he wants Maldini. Handsome, handsome man. Um, yeah, and Robertson, Robertson's looked, during a game, like the most assured of the back four, yet he's the one capable of an actual howler, like gifting yeah. the ball to an Arsenal player. Without Alisson in, they, do not, they are not the same team at all. Adrian... Is just mistake after mistake after mistake waiting to happen. He he cost them in the Champions League last year. He cost them the first goal against Villa. Although let's be honest, none of the team are right. I do think the seven-two was fluky, and not from Aston Villa's perspective. I thought they played exceptionally well. I think from the Liverpool mindset, I don't think that'll happen again. But do I think you know, judging by the recent games, do I think they concede twos and threes? Yes. Um, Especially I think against the others in this group. Yes, this group's such an attacking group. And I think the really, really miss Mane. There's a discussion of who's the most important between the three of them, Salah, Mane, Firmino. And a lot of people do think it's Firmino. I think Firmino is the least important of the three. I think Salah's so important for the goal contributions. But Mane's defensive work the press starts and ends with him he's such a hard work and when he's not in the team and when an engine and a pride like Jordan Henderson isn't in the team like Jordan Henderson's not the most talented footballer ever he's a really talented footballer but he brings so much more to that team you look at their statistics without him playing they're not the same team so he, him coming back should share things up and Mane come back from COVID should share things up. But I can still see them doing three twos and four threes. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, know, be interesting, be- sorry, it'll be interesting to see how Thiago does in this defense, uh, in the midfield, because yeah. they've only really played 15 minutes with them. And even then, well, sorry, a second half with them. Yeah, 45. And, and even then he outpassed the whole of the Chelsea team. But then after that, he unfortunately caught COVID. So it'll be interesting to see what he contributes to the team because we've not we've only had a glimpse of it. We've not had the full match and a lot of evidence yet. However, he is one of the most owned midfielders in the game so far. Yeah. He is third in the most owned midfielders. He's at so, a good price point, isn't he, Thiago? He's like... 6.5. 6. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that works really well. The one punty player... I th- at the minute, I've got Manny in my team um, because Atlanta can't defend either. Ajax yeah. don't seem great in defence and Michelland are one of those teams that we're looking at as, you know, potential whipping boys. Um so Manny is currently sitting in my draft. I also want like a high price point midfielder in there if I need to jump on and off base on fixtures. But the other super punt for maybe not not for the not for game week one, but maybe going into it, 
maybe Joel Matip at four and a half, because I think there'll be a bit of rotation between him and Gomez. And if Gomez keeps on playing as poorly as what he has been, I think Matip will, Matt will take his place. There's not the much of a muchness, I think, in Klopp's eyes. So that might just be worth holding out on. But even then, I don't think Liverpool are capable of keeping clean sheets at all, especially when Adrian's in goal. And the difference with Liverpool's fullbacks and Atlanta's fullbacks are they've all got equal likelihood of getting assists and goals. Fair enough, Trent's on free kicks, which increases like you know his appeal. But Robertson has had a much better start the season than Trent. Even and then you from look the at the restart. Two, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even the end of last season. And then if you look at Atlanta's boys, they've been doing fantastically and they've done fantastically last year. But where the big difference comes is his price. That if you look, I think Hatterboa's five, Gusson's five and a half, Robbo's six and Trent six and a half. What I could do with that other, like, is there that much of a difference between Hatterboa and Trent on this game in terms of what they're capable of? No, like, I mean, well, look, Hatterboa's got two goals this season and he's playing right wing and he's a defender on the game. And Atlanta have conceded less goals than Liverpool. Robertson, um, Robertson is the same price as Alexander Arnold. They're both six point five. Exactly. Uh, so I'm not really. When you look at who else is six point five, got Joshua Kimmich, who's again playing out of position, gets goals and assists, and you've got Sergio Ramos, who's a penalty taker in a group with the least attacking threats. You can't be having four, six and a half million pound defenders. You've got to pick price points. So if I'm looking at Trent, Robbo, Ramos and Kimmich, Trent and Robbo are the last ones that I'd want out of that. I think Ramos is probably the first and maybe Kimmich playing higher up the field and being just as proven as you other two to do well. So then I'm looking at, right, other players that I can get that do the same job as Trent or Robbo and Hatterbo and Gussens are perfect, especially a million and a million and a half cheaper. They, they'll probably all finish on roughly the same amount of points. Yeah. I think if I had to choose between the two, I would choose Robertson because he's done better since the restart. He's better with no fans. And historically, over the last two Champions League seasons, he's outscored Trent. Like and it wasn't even close last year. Um, yeah, I think it was like thirty or forty points in it. I don't know if Trent was injured or or something. Or if Gomez played player. right back. Hmm? Yeah, Rob- Robertson's the better player. Trent's just Trent's delivery is phenomenal, and he's English. And but but yeah, he's English. <laughs> Tries a lot of crosses as well. It's not just like. Every one of them's mustard. He puts in a fair amount of crosses. And obviously his free kick taking ability is world class. And he's like, I think we're being really negative about Trent here. And it's not my intention because he's a fantastic young footballer. I would love to have him in any team. Like if I had to create a team from scratch, he would be in my team. Like we're not saying he's a bad player. It's just looking at a price point to assets where like risk versus reward, I, it's not something that I massively see until you get to brace a brace of assists and a free kick goal in there. Until he plays Michelin. Like mugs. Who's got Michelin in the first game? Atlanta. Atlanta. Why? Why would I? Yeah. I mean, if you want to go with one of the Liverpool fullbacks against Ajax, opposed to the Atlanta boys against Michelin. You've got Michelin next. Like, yeah. They're, they're against Michelin at Anfield in the second game week. And you've got, you can make multiple transfers. So it could be worth having them there. Swapping wing backs here. Yeah. I mean, that might, that might be the thing as well. Like, Jumping, I think transfers, unless obviously first and foremost, injuries and suspensions, 
this game's a little different with FPL. We're not looking so much at jumping on form. It might be different this season because it's like every other week, isn't it? Whereas usually there's like, you get weeks gaps. So it's like, well, what's going to happen here? Like the form's really tough to sort of work through. Mm-hmm. But I think one very viable tactic this year is to make sure you've got the highest price point in each of the three outfield positions and use plan your transfers as best you can to use your two free transfers to get the best playing defender, midfielder or striker in that week. Especially when clean sheets are going to be at such a premium that they're probably going to be differentials if, so if you've got a Liverpool defender in for that second game, like that four points is as good as a forward scoring. Yeah. Because you know, there's no bonus points in this game. It's not like FPL where a striker scores and it's like, well, there's three bonus points to him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't There are no bonus points like that. You get rewarded for other factors, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's enough of Liverpool. We all know about them. <laughs> No one's going to listen to our opinion on Liverpool. They'll just do whatever they want, which is absolutely rightly so. It's their, their and it'll game. probably still work out because they're that good of a team. Right? Yeah, they're still a phenomenal team. Like I say, I've got money in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm still going that way. Um, and I think I went for money over Salah because money is cheaper than Salah by half a million. Um, yeah, which is how it should have went. Um, and also James Milner sometimes like does have a little run in the Champions League game sometimes and he's on pens before. Salah. So Salah's not necessarily a stonewall penalty taker, depending on whether Milner's playing. Yeah. But we've got the last team of the group, Micheland. Yes. Wanna give a little run through Aaron? So no, I'm gonna hold my hands up. I don't know a lot about the Danish Super League. Um, however, they have had like a okay start. Um they are currently fifth, I believe. Uh, but however, something that I want to look at is they basically they had to start from the very, very first Champions League playoffs. They had to go from first round of qualifying and how they set up during them games. I know it's not the greatest caliber of teams in the in the playoffs, but they've kept three clean sheets through the playoffs and I think that's more so against the opponents rather than them as a team. But they do sit back, and I think they're a counter-attacking team. So their team, as a result on the game, very cheap. And I think if you're with this team, I wouldn't bank on a lot of them, but I think uh, that's quite sensible in saying that. Yeah. Um, however, if you're wanting them just to punt on like a five million euro player or a six million, um, this team's full of them. And so if you like look, watch their first two games because they're not going to win against Atalanta, they're not going to win against Liverpool. But when people start to come to their stadium, I think there could be a few players in there. Like if there were, I don't, I'm not sure, hundred percent sure who the penalty kick taker is. Um, I don't uh, think- Schultz. Schultz. Schultz is in, in the last four games. I think they only had one penalty in Schultz, who's a defender at four and a half million is yeah. the yeah. one that took it. I don't know whether that's, you know, if they do have another penalty take and they weren't on the pitch, but if you are looking for, if, you, if you're looking for a wild ride and live on the edge a bit and you want to go for a Michelin defender on the off chance that they get a pen, Schultz at four and a half million yeah, I is don't think... easily the first choice out of those defenders to go for. Yeah. The, I, I, they might get one goal, um, but the likelihood is they're going to be defending for their lives. So ball recovery points are up for grabs. Save points are up for grabs. I would only use them as an enabler. I wouldn't put them into your tactics. And 
just have fun with them. I wouldn't get wound up that your Michelin player didn't get an attack and return. Just have fun with them. Just be like, you know what? I'm just going to go for a risk. I'm going to have a Sisto midfielder. I'm just going to put play him. Don't captain him because then that's just too silly. But yeah, just have fun with it. That's my advice. Looking at the team that they've got, Sisto obviously they've brought in. Um, they've brought in Herg and uh, Crave or Crave. It's hard to pronounce some of these names, isn't it? Especially when being Geordies, we don't even speak very good English. Um, looking at, there are a couple of players that have, have caught my eye. Um, Kajust or Kajust is, I believe, a defender on the game. He plays in midfield, so he's a four and a half million defender playing in midfield. So again, it is a holding midfield job, so he might pick up more interception points than normal. Is it a risk of getting minus points if they can see too many? But is maybe, you know, could get a clean sheet. I'm not too sure. Uh, if you wanted a bit of a punt there, it's up to you whether you want to go for the outer position defender or Schultz, who's the potential penalty taker. If you, but ultimately, what are the chances of them getting a penalty in this group? Not overly likely. Um, Drea is that yeah uh, six million uh, he's got a goal and a couple of assists in the last couple of games that's massive punt um, there's one other player which is Brumado now he might be a trap I just want to make people aware of him so he's four and a half million he's a forward he's played two of the last four games and he scored in the last game, but he's been playing in the Danish Super League. He's not been playing in those Champions League qualifiers. So the likelihood is he'll he's, he's a young player. I think he's 19 or something. So the likelihood is he'll be sticking to the Danish Super League while uh, Sisto and Drea play up front in the Champions League. But he could be the next Haaland at four and a half million. We'll I ask can't Cameron. See. Yeah, we'll ask Cameron. Uh, but I can't, to be fair, I can't see him scoring. Well, I t- you know what I say? I can't see him scoring a hat ricks, but I couldn't have seen Haaland scoring hat ricks last year until he started doing it. And you're like, oh, what a player. Yeah. It's really hard to gauge some of these teams because you just, you know, no one's pretending that we sit here and watch the Danish Super League every week. We don't really know the styles of play. Like, and some of the some of the results at the fact, I'm sure one of the the two two draws that had like 30 shots or something. Um and nine were only nine were on target. So they've peppered the goals. Like what type of teams are they playing against? Long shots potentially. Yeah, they're playing low blocks, they're playing against high like high presses. Like we just don't know. But out of that lot, Schultz, four and a half million defender, penalty taker, Drea, six million forward, I think he is. Uh, as an enabler, only as an enabler. Could just four and a half million defender playing in midfield. And Brumado, four and a half million forward. I'd probably go with him over Drea because I think Brumado might get a few minutes. Yeah. I think if you're looking to play a 3-5-2 and you want to have a cheap forward so that everything else is really strong, Brumado could be a shout. And um, the young Atlanta forward, trying to remember his name, Lammers. Yeah, yeah. At five million, I think those are your two best options that I've done my research on so far. Certainly, that we've done in Group A, B, C, or D, and also it helps that again, these might not be the best players, but I think they're playing against the most open teams. Mm-hmm. So I can see. Also, like imagine if you four and a half million or five million striker popped up with a goal out of nothing. In, you've allowed that money to facilitate the rest of your team. I mean, I personally, I think I'm going for a, a three-four-three. Um, but the formations again are so wild in this game because it changes. Like you, you start with the three-four-three, and then money blanks, and you're sticking a defender, and he gets one. You end up playing a five-three-two or something ridiculous. Yeah. So it is what it is. Um. <laughs> It's fun. Got to just. That's uh, all it is. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a game. It's fun. 
Yeah, I think we should um, make a podcast team where we're just putting punts, just ridiculous players, just to see how it does. Um, yeah, yeah, let's do it. We can make a team of uh, ex Newcastle players. I think. I think from the previous group, we've got uh, Mbemban Tovan. We've got Remy Kabir, Denver Ball, but Genie Wanyaldum. Just putting an ex Newcastle team. I get absolutely smashed every game. Uh, but yeah, looking at it, Michelin don't look like they'd be the world's biggest pushovers if we compare them to other teams like Krasnodar, for example, um, who look fairly dreadful. Yeah, these don't look like pushovers. They're just going to play with a low block, probably get beat a couple of goals a game or something. So it's entirely up to you if you want to go for that and hope to get a pen or whatever. But I think we've named some great four and a half million option defenders that I'd rather have than this lot. I think the smartest option is that four and a half million Brumado if you just wanted 14 other really strong players. Yeah. But happy days. Halfway yeah. through the groups. Yeah, that's us. Halfway done. So... We've got another day of recording at some point for groups EFG and H. Uh, got a, a little bit more so excited. Well, it's not that. It's just well, I've still got to re- I've still got to um, actually Energy look at groups FG and H. I've done it. Um, but yeah, I'm not locking anything in until everything's done. I can get like a, a good overview of everything. But yeah, we'll get those out to you during the week as well. Um, Please follow us on on uh, Twitter and YouTube. That's where we are mainly at. We're on Spotify as well, but I appreciate in some countries it's really difficult to listen to us on Spotify, apparently. We've had a couple of things like that. Um, so sorry about that. On Twitter, we're, we are at UCL Fantasy Pod uh, and on YouTube and Spotify. It's uh, the, the main event, Champions League Fantasy Podcast. So please give us a like, give us a follow. We'll follow you back subscribe all that boring stuff that every other youtuber tells you to do um we'll try not a it doesn't roll off the tongue for us yeah as it does for them uh it's a bit beggy isn't it yeah but uh has to be done click that notification bell like we don't already know like we don't subscribe to hundreds of other things and they tell us every bloody day but yeah um just letting you know where we're at please get in touch let us know what we're doing um, and we look forward to having you on for the next podcast as well. So from me and Aaron, thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.